1: Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, July 10, 2023. Jack Devine uh, joins us now. Jack, always a pleasure. Uh, thank you for coming back here. So the more we learn about this fellow Yevgeny uh, Prigozhin, uh the weirder these things uh, seem. Last week, we all saw photos of his uh, offices and maybe his home being raided by the FSB. And uh, this morning, the Kremlin announced that President Putin had Mr. Pergosian and his 35 uh, leading military uh, commanders in the Pentagon for a meeting for three hours. So I know it's hard to get a handle on this, but what do you think? Was the, the march from Rostov on Don up to Moscow uh, a charade, uh, a temper tantrum, or a coup gone wrong? I
0: think it was a very serious development. I don't think it was a coup at all, but it could have rolled into a um, a coup for sure. So no, it was the real the real thing. The problem is, I don't think either Putin or Prigozhin were ready for what was next. Uh, one of the things that's intriguing about Putin, I, I always, I said this before to your audience, I overrated his his skills and planning and so on that he allowed Boghossian to grow into such a force. And now, look how he has to deal with them. And again, this is no Machiavelli. He'd like to be, but uh, the strategic part, he looks very weak. Now, if it's odd that they would make such a detailed statement and it not take place because in so many ways it leaks. Maybe there was a trapdoor, and they hit a button or they went in, but I can't even imagine that Putin did it. But my mind says the way it was queued up, it may be indeed have happened. And if so, how weak can you get?
1: Well, Pergozian's people killed Russian troops. They shot down some helicopters. So the people that did the shooting must have thought they were participating in a coup. This is
0: Russian on Russian in Russia. Well, they were ready for it. Um, I think that I think my understanding and I think we've seen this all in print and small print, but you know he was planning something, right? But I think he was original plan was that he was going to take Shugan and when he arrived and kidnap them right and hold them hostage. It was that kind of crazy thing. And I've seen this before in other countries where people think that this is a good move. Uh, Proversion himself is not a great strategist. So I don't think it was the the coup, as you and I would define it in most historical context. When um, the CIA and their other
1: intelligence community colleagues uh, briefed the gang of eight, you know, the uh, chair and ranking members of the two congressional intelligence committees and the leading Republican and leading Democrat in both uh, houses, the Congress within a Congress, on Wednesday before the Saturday when this happened. What do you think they told them?
0: Well, I think there's an obligation, I think, to go down and keep, as it should be, to go down and brief the Congress. I'm a strong believer in oversight because of the elected representatives of the country. You keep it to eight, and my experience with the eight, and, and frank with Congress in general, the committee, the intelligence committees, the relatively comparatively fewer leaks out, much fewer out of the Congress than there are out of the executive branch. So I think they probably told them what they had, uh, which is we've got a lot of indication that something's coming, exactly what the shape of that's gonna look, but we should be ready and it could it could spin out of control. I mean, I, I don't know, and, uh, nor would I share it if I knew exactly what they said, but I would think given what happened, they had intelligence, that was clear, and they griefed it to the best of their their uh, knowledge. You have been a uh, student of um, Putin
1: for a long time. What do you think he does with Prigozhin? Wins him over, or
0: prosecutes him for treason, or something else? My concern is he's he is playing it day by day. I, I really wonder you know, how much of a skills uh, skillsman he is. I I think what he's doing is what he thinks he has to do, which is what I said on your last show. Just placate them for a while. Get them to back off. Humor them. Bring them into the fold. Get them dispersed. Weaken them. Weitner is still a very powerful... The more you read, the more you study it, the deeper into the, the society, not the society, into the roots of the country. It's not... It's not just him; it's the whole system. So he has to handle this carefully. But for the reasons you stated, he can't count on a political leadership future in Russia. And I'll, I'll make that like kind of a soft statement. But what they're doing now is wait a thinking, minute, Who, who they can't probably do not it let it anybody Jack,
1: hold on. on. Who can't count on a political future, Prigozhin or, or Putin?
0: Prigozhin. Well, ne- neither. But I think Putin is much longer. Um, But I'll tell you who's not in the room is the air force because it was their helicopters and their people shot down. There's no way they're breaking bread or having crumpets and tea with them. So there's a, there's some real heavy scar tissue, but he is wise because of the uncertainty to try and shut down Pergozian's efforts in one swoop because I don't think he has the control over it. So I think it's, all well, this is a sign of weakness from where I sit, and I've been saying this all along. But it's much, much worse than I thought, and that his, his future is dimmer than I think. I know a lot of sitting. A lot of people say, "Oh, you can't say anything." You know, someone told me today that, you know, you can't predict anything because nothing is knowable. I said, "Well, what do you say then?
1: Nothing." <laughs> so what is is it true that the reason the president uh, Biden is giving the Ukrainians cluster munitions is because we've run out of artillery shells to give them. And if that is true, isn't it dangerous that we depleted our own supply for our own needs, for our own uh, defensive purposes, or the defenses of uh, people with whom we have treaties in order to get involved in this
0: mess? I think there's a couple really good questions in there, Judge. The ammunition has been depleted. Not that it's all gone. There's going to be uh, surely uh, shells coming in. But the world supply is shrinking. Putin faces the same problem, his ammunition. So uh, I think what I would say on the critical side is, despite my book, Spymaster's Prism, when I said we're going to go back into nation-state type of confrontations, the we weren't prepared for a land war. Neither was Europe. Europe was ready for about two weeks of uh, this. So no one was ready for it. And Putin obviously wasn't ready for it. So I think that is a key issue. The ammunition is the depleting, But I think the cluster weapons, first of all, well, I'm surprised that very few people are commenting, the Russians not only have cluster weapons, they're using them in Ukraine, right? So, and I think the, the sense of, I'm reading it, you know, how they can break through on the offensive is that the cluster bombs will help do that.
1: Uh, but, but it is true, Jack, is it not? that the Ukrainians haven't even broken through the first of three rings of uh, defensive fortifications that the Russians have built, and the so-called spring offensive has gone nowhere now. Now they're going
0: to add cluster bombs to it? The three rings, I mean, I don't know what they're talking about. It's maybe the three rings around Saturn, but... My, my point Jack, is, you know exactly the Russian everything I read, the Ukrainians are making. It just isn't what everyone anticipated. I told you a standstill of consistent would be still a win because they're holding them all. I think there's an opportunity because of the way they built trenches. They dug in, right? They had a year, of, well, 500 days to dig in. And the question is, how do you do this in a way that you can move your your uh, your forces into play. And they're
1: saying we need the cluster bombs. But right, remember, Russians are using them. Here's uh, President Biden's press secretary a year ago, before she went to MSNBC as a commentator, characterized Jen Psaki, whom I know and, and, and of whom I'm fond, although we disagree on so many things, um, characterizing the use of cluster bombs when the Russians use them as a war crime. reports of illegal cluster bombs and vacuum bombs being used by the Russians. Uh, If that's true, what is the next step of this administration, and is there a red line for how much violence uh, will be tolerated against civilians
0: in this manner that's illegal and potentially a war crime? It is. It would be. I don't have any confirmation of that. We have seen the reports. Uh, if, if that were true, it would potentially be a war crime. Obviously, there are a range of international fora that would assess that. Um, so certainly we would look to that to be a part of that conversation. So let me address that. So, All right, a war crime for thee, but not for me. Let me just address this in three three or four points real quick. One is uh, we never signed that agreement, Right. We're not part of it. The, uh, Neither the did the Russian Russians. Running, the Russians are using it. What did the the head of NATO say yesterday? He said, you know, we we are where we are, but we are not telling countries how to fight. We, we just think that this is a, a bad weapon. Judge, how many weapons are bad? I mean, how many are you know, morally questionable? You have to talk about the circumstances, right? So I view this as, you know, you're in a fight and... You know, the other guy is using, you know, both hands and you have one behind you. And uh, I think the second thing is the Russians just used them either yesterday or the day before. Guess what they hit? Civilians. I think the way the, the administration is allocating this, it'll be, you know, there'll be oversight of the targets. Now things go wrong in Look war. Jack, but that war. is
1: hogwash. You're in war. There's no oversight of the targets. Of course oh, civilians yeah. are going to be killed.
0: No. No. So yes, the, the
1: weapon is designed to kill right. civilians, just to send these Some weapons are.
0: Place. Some weapons are, right? Now in the case of the Ukrainians, I think they really want to get the Russian soldiers out of the way. They're not trying to do it. Putin is bombing every city that he can reach, right? So there's a world of difference here. So the question about there is an issue that about the cluster bond, which is quite different, which is a lot of this I ammunition mean, may end up on the ground, just like the indiscriminate mining. And this is going to be a problem in right. the post. Right. There is a multi-billion dollar task of demining acre by acre, foot by foot. But if this uh, right now, you know, people were worried about if you do this, Putin's going to react. How is he going to react? We've now gotten to a point where policymakers, the, the majority of them, not necessarily everyone that you talk to, but that they're worried about what can Putin do right now. What is Putin going to do? Start using cluster bombs? He's already using them. So I think if it if it's used for the purpose described to to, to uh, take on the troops and make a breakthrough, and the other guy's using it, I, I, I'm not I'm not seized with it. Am well, I? Here, here's uh, Admiral no war,
1: here's Admiral Kirby.
0: Uh, on why
1: cluster bombs are banned in most of the world, who uh, for the most part agrees with you, Jack? Take a listen. I want to ask you why the U.S. has never banned them before. We are very mindful of the concerns uh, about civilian casualties and unexploded ordnance being picked up by civilians or children and being hurt. Of course, we're mindful of that, um, and we're going to focus with Ukraine on demining efforts. In fact, we're doing it right now, and we will uh, when war conditions uh, permit. But these munitions do provide a useful battlefield capability. And I will remind that while Russia is using them in Ukraine in an aggressive war on another country and indiscriminately killing civilians, the Ukrainians
0: will be using these cluster munitions, obviously, which have a very low dud rate. But they'll be using them to defend their own territory, hitting Russian positions. I did not write his speech. I, I want to get it right on record right now. I did not write it, but certainly comfortable with it.
1: You're comfortable with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. No,
0: this is. Yeah, I think you're
1: comfortable with these little bomblets out there for children to pick up, Jack.
0: Judge, judge. I'm not comfortable with any bomb. I'm not comfortable with uh, mining. I'm not comfortable with any of this stuff. As you so artfully said a few minutes ago, it's war. But what he said and what I said, and you are more skeptical about it, is will there be oversight that the intent is to use this in military context, not indiscriminate? It's a big point he made, and it's a big one I'm making. And I, I have a much more confidence. You know, we use drones around the world. And, you know, there there's an oversight process. A drone is one thing, but I'm just saying there is oversight. This is not this is not this is not a decision made lightly. And uh and I and I, I, I applaud them for doing it because they're getting the flack. But, you know, you got to look at the I, I think he gave a really good statement there. I'm not always pleased with statements made from that podium, but that one sounded pretty right to me.
1: Here's uh, President Zelensky uh, on whether uh, or not he will ever
0: concede Crimea. Jack, you can't agree with this, but
1: uh, uh, wait a minute. This is.
0: I, I may be on a roll here today. Of what you're offering up, this is a, you're giving. Me a listen, let's see. let's say.
1: Six months ago, you said you would not
0: cede any territory to Russia to end this war. We're now sixteen months in. Is your answer the same? Yes. No territory. No
1: Crimea. No territory. Crimea is our territory.
0: Well, the only thing I would disagree with is I would say no. Your mission is to go get it. Well, he's being unrealistic
1: if he thinks he can return Crimea to the jurisdiction of Ukraine using military might. Don't you agree? I think you've already, you've already
0: conceded that in some of our past... Oh, I don't concede. Do I, do I, do I concede? We're, I don't have any white flags in this room. Um, well, do so, you, you well, think it is... Said, is is, it, is it
1: feasible? I, Jack, Jack, is it feasible for the Ukrainians with American military help, not boots on the ground, to to take Crimea?
0: We're talking today, the answer is no. But we've been at it 500 days. Most people thought it would last five days. How this war ends is going to be very uh, interesting and somewhat unpredictable, although I'm submitting, I'm I'm of the view that Russia, key point we're going to have to watch, is when is there a general view that this has been a failure in Russia? Well, you, you have said, now don't let me put words in your mouth. I
1: know you won't. It will end when both sides agree it's a stalemate, when neither side can
0: move, right? Right. But there's a footnote, which is it's more important in Russia that it be recognized as a stalemate and a failure. Okay? That's, that's where the politics change. The politics are not going to change in Ukraine, but the point is basically... It may be a nuance without a difference, but I think what, there is
1: if I were to ask uh, President um, Zelensky whatever happened to the spring offensive, here's his answer Zelensky on the spring offensive. What is your assessment of how the counter offensive is going right now? All
0: of us. We want we to do it faster. Because every day means new losses of Ukrainians. We are advancing, we are not stuck in one place. We've already overtaken the initiative. Several months ago, in some places in the East, we had to retreat in some other communities, we would regain lost ground, but it was kind of a stagnation, meaning loss of manpower and equipment, and of course, we would all like to see the counteroffensive accomplished in a shorter period of time, but there is reality, today the initiative is on our side.
1: There is reality. He doesn't have the manpower and he doesn't have the equipment to do it, but he's giving, he's putting on the best face he can.
0: No, there's, first of all, sometimes people do cited geography and size. We're talking a front of 600 miles, okay? The the Ukrainians going to charge over 600 miles? No. My understanding from people that I respect in terms of looking at, they think the Ukrainians are doing it the way you need to do it under these conditions and they're looking for where the opportunity is. And I believe that's going on, you know, the Valley of the, the death, you know, Valley of the, of the poem, you know, I forget the, the title of the Valley of death where the 600 march in or whatever, you know, or during world war one, you just charge. I think this is a very sophisticated way of conducting the offensive. Again, I, you know your audience has been with me for a long time i've never said big offensive i do think there's going to be some surprises on the positive side so i'm not signing up it hasn't been uh it hasn't they haven't made progress they have more than they less than they want it less than everybody else wanted but i'm telling you it's not too much off where i was well i have some i have some uh hope here that this season will end with some some progress, particularly do, do you way.
1: have do you and your CIA buddies have hope for uh, American troops on the ground? Because President Biden has just sent a few thousand to Poland and Romania.
0: Uh, my grandson's one of them. Uh, so uh, my my response to you is um, I'll leave the CIA alone, but they they certainly are in accord with the president of the United States, and I, we're not going to put U.S. troops on the ground. I'm not for them. Why are you not for
1: that, Jack, if you want us to use Ukraine as a battering ram to drive Putin from office?
0: Now, let's get our history right. The Russians invaded Ukraine, and we're trying to hold them up. It's not a battering ram that we decided, woke up one morning and said, let's go get Russia. Let's get our, let's get our history right, which is sort of indisputable on what happened when he put his 180,000-man army and marched in to, to bad effect. So... But I don't think American troops are needed. Uh, I don't think I'm a big advocate of almost never putting troops on. If a, a local group is fighting and we agree, our national interest and our public sentiment is not agree that this is the U.S. interest. And it's and it's also for the Western world and, or the world, for that matter, it, it being helpful. So I, I don't have a, a problem with it. Do you but think that? Russians, you think- if anybody in the audience thinks that Russians are the good guys, good luck. Do you uh,
1: think that the Ukrainian forces can drive the Russians out of Ukraine?
0: What I've said all along is just hold them and they will collapse. Just hold them. They don't have to drive them out. That's an American view. Drive them out. I'm saying you hold them and Putin will fall and you'll cut a new deal. I've been consistent at discussion. Driving them out. Will they be able to regain their territories? I believe that that's a possibility, not a probability. Possibility.
1: Jack Devine, always a pleasure, my dear man. You're you're lighting up the uh, commenters oh, today. I, I, I can't figure out which one, which. Oh thing. man, I, I can't. I can't repeat this stuff or YouTube will take us down. But it's funny when they go at each other and they use you as the battering ram. <laughs> <laughs> well. Poor folks that are using me. They better get a new stick, a fresh uh, twig. All right. Thank you, Jack. We'll be back to you soon. All the best. <laughs> Thank you, my dear friends. Uh, Colonel McGregor will have a different view of all this in 20 minutes. More as we get it. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.